right, welcome back, analysis listeners. Want to label this right out of the gate. This is going to be a very special episode because I am writing solo today, and we have never in the history of our podcast, which is about five years old now, time flies, we've never had a solo performance as an episode. It's always been a discussion, and... Unfortunately, Hayes and I have not been able to connect on the content that we have been watching. I've been caring for my father as he gets rehabilitated from some really challenging COVID health issues. So with a full-time job and with finding him an apartment and getting him to all of the different medical appointments that he has, something that gets pushed to the wayside is gobbling up current material. <laughs> so I am I am behind on a lot of cool stuff that Hayes has seen, and, and very soon we're going to talk about the In the Heights movie. Very soon we are going to talk about Quiet Place 2 and, and some of these things that I have on the to-do list but haven't had time to get to. But I wanted to jump in and just spend a couple minutes with you guys on a couple of things I've seen recently, a couple of specials. And really, they lend themselves well to a solo episode. And so the first one that I wanted to chat about is Bo Burnham's special on Netflix, Inside. This is a perfect thing to talk about during a solo episode because he quite literally films this in a studio apartment by himself. There's no audience, obviously. So here I am talking about it by myself. So let's start with... I'm a huge Bo Burnham fan. If you've listened to the episode that we had on 8th grade, if you've listened to me and Bobby Peterson talk about stand-up specials, and me and Bobby Peterson have talked about Make Happy and what, his other two specials, but I really admire this man's creativity. And it is on full display here. And I just think that Bo Burnham... It's, he's not doing stand-up. To call this stand-up, I think, is to do this a disservice. And, and really, when I was making my notes for this special, Drink Every Time I Mention My Notes, I just, I have trouble labeling what I'm watching. Because a lazy way to label this is to basically just say he does a lot of songs and bits that resemble an SNL digital short. They're topical, they're catchy, sometimes funny, sometimes introspective. They make you think, they make you feel a little bit, but that's a lazy way to say it because this is so much more elevated than those songs on SNL to me. This is a four-act story with a structure. It has a clear introduction. In the beginning, the songs are silly, and then it gets serious when he starts talking about himself turning 30. There's a climax where he says he's not going to be able to finish the special. And then there's a resolution where he exits and he looks upon himself and he has a small grin. That's a story, a crafted story. And he uses so many different camera angles and compositions. And when he's trying to affect a mood, he puts himself in the far left of the frame and focuses off camera versus other times he's got a lot more lighting and he uses his own lighting very effectively here this is high-end think art that goes beyond just a silly topical song and this special was really 
dark in a lot of different ways. It's it's biting satire, but it talks about some real issues, and it talks about suicide, and it talks about depression, and it seems like it's an act-out. Obviously, it seems like some of the emotion that Bo Burnham is expressing could potentially be manifested, but he's such a strong performer that it also feels real in some ways. So that was sometimes challenging to navigate as a viewer. And really, he puts you in this state of what I called controlled uncomfortability. And a lot of times as you're watching these bits play out and you're watching him go through the process of making the special and, and quite honestly struggling making this special, you feel uncomfortable, but you feel like it's in a controlled way. And I just, I just sat there in awe, mostly, and in wonder of the creativity that he was doing. A few bits that I really liked were the video game bit. The video game act-out bit, I thought, was really clever. And I am not even a gamer. I don't watch things on Twitch or Streamer or whatever that stuff is. Like, I've never watched anyone play a video game. But just watching him walk his apartment and slowly cry, and those were basically the only two button commands that he could do, is just dick around on his computer, dick around on his piano, and then cry, and then go to bed. Uh, I thought that was a, a great bit. I loved White Girl Instagram. I thought that was a fantastic bit. And also, the daddy made you some content. And that's how I feel sometimes with this. It's just like, here, I've made you your content open wide. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now in a way. It's, it's you're, you're shut up in a house. You're basically expressing your thoughts out loud. I, I, I connected with the daddy made you some content. And I really loved my favorite bit was the reactions on his reactions and the, the the reaction video type of a person because that is really what me and Hayes do on a regular basis we watch something and then we give a reaction take to it and he he takes that and leans into it and, and goes full parody and I just was dying during that bit particularly and then there was also just some some really solid music and the song that he sits down and he plays, I think it's called There Goes That Feeling or That Feeling. It's on, a, it's on the guitar. Uh, it is just a beautiful piece of music. And so I really, really, I know I've said it a billion times, but wanna want to send you guys there. If you're looking for something a little outside the box, I think a lot of the pandemic material that's been made, the stuff that's been made in the pandemic around trying to make the limitations work, whether it was improv companies trying to do improv or whether it was SNL doing these virtual bits from home. I thought a lot of it didn't hit with me, but this one probably was my favorite piece of art that came out of the pandemic. Lastly, it was really cool because it showed the creative process. And part of the special, I believe, was watching him work in Monkey with the Lights to get the thing the, the image or the video that he was creating to work. I loved watching him finish a music video, but then you cut back in time and you're watching him watch the video sadly in that room. Does he live in that room, by the way? Is that his actual house? I think that was the same room at the end of Make Happy that he comes in and he sings the song Make Happy. I think I noticed that, but 
Uh, I really liked kind of watching the process of him making it play out, screaming at himself or scolding at himself for taking too deep of a breath when he was trying to sing one of the songs or taking it again or watching him finish a song and then reach for the camera to turn the bit off. I just, I love that. And he also layered in some classic Bo Burnham bits where he goes and he's talking about how the transitions might not be smooth. And in the middle of that, there's an, there's an editing transition. It's very similar to when he was on stage in one of his stage acts, which is incredible. His stage acts are amazing, but he goes, I really fucking hate video editors, man. You want to know what the fucking thing I hate about video? And then the, the edit cuts and it cuts to him at a completely different side of the stage. And just this random bit about video editing, but all that little shit I am really into. So short story long, Bo Burnham inside, definitely give that a watch. And on the topic of creativity and the creative process, something completely different, and it more celebrates an ensemble and it celebrates a cohesive unit and all of the great things that go into a community of people putting together a project, I wanted to quickly mention the Friends reunion that I watched on HBO Max. And I enjoyed this. I know people were critical of the use of celebrities, like Lady Gaga singing Smelly Cat, or Justin Bieber coming out in the Sputnik potato costume, and maybe even James Corden's presence in general. I don't know if you guys have stronger feelings about James Corden. My girlfriend Brecken loves James Corden. Hayes hates James Corden. Which is interesting because James Corden's super English and Hayes loves almost everything English. So I'm, I'm surprised that Hayes has such strong feelings about him. I just, I really liked a few moments of this. And I think it would have been wrong for them to try to dust off and make an actual episode or two. I think, I don't think it fits itself. And they, they express it really well. The writers of the show express it really well in saying that the show was about this time in your life where your friends or your family, that was the whole pitch, that was the elevator pitch of the show. And once that was no longer the case, once they had made families of their own, we were saying goodbye to the characters. And we don't need to see Ross and Rachel with a teenager and going through, like, you gotta go to high school or I found weed in your pocket or some stupid shoehorn bit like that and it's you just want to and I think Lisa Kudrow said it on the couch she's like I like to just I like them having their happy endings and we don't need to create conflict to then get resolved again for a special and so I I was with that and I think they they did it the best that they could and I really like that they gave the writers and the creators of the show a lot of screen time on that because the cast gets celebrated and rightly so and it was an incredible cast for that show but those writers and the people that created that, and I loved watching the behind the scenes during show nights in the 90s where they would have a bit not work and huddle up and, and rewrite the bit or rework the bits. And all of a sudden, Joey's got a line to say that's a little better on his way to the buffet. And I really enjoyed listening to the writers. I, I really loved listening to the casting process and hearing about Schwimmer basically being done with TV and they need to go and beg him to get back into television. And they've, I, we wrote this with your voice in mind and we promise that your experience here is going to be different. And seeing Jennifer Aniston's waitress 
pie southern show and and what the conflict in that or or matthew perry's futuristic lax terminal stupid shows and just kind of listening to the journey that they went on to cast these characters courtney cox being considered for rachel and saying actually no i'm more of a monica i i I liked all that and finally i just like how they were able to capture the feelings and the connections that you make when you work together and, and it and it all sings in a harmony and you're able to put on some show that people connect with and ring the siren but i've had the good fortune of being in not necessarily that type of an experience but being a part of some ensembles that were really really special to me and we still meet up years after the show and we still get together and have drinks and and i still have very strong friendships and relationships that were forged while getting together in the foxhole and trying to figure out a show that's going to connect with audiences and so I think they express that in a really great way. And you can see when they do the table reads, you can see the affection that the cast still has for each other. The David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston connection, I thought was was really interesting to hear about in, in watching them redo that scene where she comes in or he, he comes to the, the coffee shop. I thought that was really cool. So in general, I thought it was worth the two hours. Could it have been better? I don't know. Maybe. But I I did like the sentiment of the ensemble. And when it's done well, it's that that's a great example. You, you are able to have material and cast connect with audiences, and it creates a moment. And that was a huge part of our culture. I just read a book by Brett Martin that talks about the end of that era basically in the beginning of the anti-hero era so the beginning of the sopranos and the beginning of the wire and breaking bad and madman and and basically audiences tastes started to mature but friends was kind of that last shooting star of just wholesome network comedy half hour format some commercials built in they sold a lot of tide but that was that was a specific type of show, and and I know we've had some since, but it it really was a, a shining example of just that that type of television show, and I'm not sure how many more we'll ever get. So a nice way to celebrate it. I thought they did a, a pretty standard job, a pretty decent job. I think they did a very solid job representing that show. So. Just a few thoughts that I had, guys, on some things I've seen. I promise I'm going to get back out to the theater and, and check out more. And I hope you guys enjoyed this ramble. It might be the last time we or I ever do it, but appreciate you guys going on the journey with me. And enjoy some Bo Burnham on your way out. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Wash your hands. Stay safe. And we will see you down the road. Bye! Stunning 8K resolution meditation app In honor of the revolution It's half off at the gap Deadpool self-awareness Loving parents Harmless fun The backlash to the backlash To the thing that's just begun There it is.
funny feeling, that funny feeling.